You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Good morning. I'm fired up today. I'm happy to be here with you. My name is Emilio Despirito, and I run the Despirito team. We are a top local team here in Rhode Island in Massachusetts. We focus on residential real estate and getting our clients the American dream. Thanks so much for being here with us today. We're here every single Sunday. We want to make sure that our listeners are totally educated on the entire process of buying, selling, investing, or holding real estate. And uh, we have on top-tier professionals with us to get go ahead and give us that guidance we need so that we can get rid of any fear in the process and move forward. So if you have any questions at all, you can call our off-air number anytime throughout the show or any day of the week, 401-217-2333. I'll be saying that number throughout the show so you know who to reach, 401-217-2333. So... This being a real estate show, a lot of our listeners are actually, they're, they're sellers and buyers all wrapped up into one, right? They're selling, they're buying, whether they're downsizing or upsizing or whatever it is. A huge chunk, I believe it's 65% of buyers right now are are also sellers, okay? So the biggest question that we're, that we're asked in this market that we're in right now is what can I do to prepare my home for sale to get the maximum dollar? Okay, great question. The number one piece of advice that I can give you is to listen to your real estate professional. Okay, and, and here's why. Let me. I've got data that backs this up and why this is absolutely important. This data comes actually from my clients. Okay, so we took our past 115 clients who were selling a property, and what we did was we figured out which sellers were successful and which sellers were not successful, okay? And we separated it into two columns. All right, so what we found out was that 96, 96 of our sellers, okay, roughly 80% of our sellers took our advice, and what we found was that they sold their home within 16 days on average at 101% of list price. So they literally obtained a higher sales price than list price within 16 days. Then looking further, 19 of our seller clients out of the past 115, so almost about 20%, did it their way. They took the Frank Sinatra way. They did it their way. And they were on the market for 46 days on average and sold at 96% of original list price. Okay. So these were clients that said, Hey, you know what? We're not going to take your professional advice. We're going to go ahead and quote unquote, leave room for negotiations, AKA price the home too high and then deal with the price drops and then deal with the the lower flow of traffic, potentially relisting the property, repricing it, all of that BS, and it literally made them so much less, okay? Our clients with a $300,000 home earned $15,000 more on average, um, the clients that took our advice than the clients that didn't. So on all different price ranges, you can see how this can affect you. And also our clients that took our advice literally paid virtually nothing for broker fees because we covered it. Because 
our advice was that good, was that practical, and it literally covered all of their broker fees for the buyer's agent, for the seller's agent. And what a fantastic way to do business, right? You listen to my advice and it's basically free. Unbelievable, okay? So that's number one. Number two for preparing your home for sale, you're going to want to make sure to have a home inspector come in and do a pre-list home inspection, okay? This covers your mechanicals. It covers your structural, so it covers your roof, your foundation, and the mechanicals to back up is your, your electrical, your plumbing, your heating, it goes through and, and literally tells buyers what could potentially be wrong with the house. And you may be saying, Emilio, why am I going to do that? Well, it's simple because if there's any red flags that would inhibit a buyer from getting financing, or if there's any red flags that would send a buyer running for the hills like mold or a, a leaky you know, plumbing system or heating system that doesn't work, if we can go in and fix it, we do. If you don't have the budget for that, that's okay. I have a local company that'll go in and do the work, and then you just pay them when your house closes. Imagine that, right? That's the power of having a real estate professional with a strong network, okay? So number two would be the pre-list home inspections. By the way, if you have a septic system and a well system, you're going to want to get those inspected as well in addition to radon inspections too, okay? So all of those will add up to between $450 all the way up to $1,500, but I swear that money is worth its weight in gold. I, I promise you that. Um because buyers ask for $3 worth of credits for every $1 worth of actual repairs. And you can imagine how that starts to stack up, okay? And one last thing too, you want to disclose everything that you're not going to fix or take care of. And even the items that you did fix and take care of, disclose, tell the buyers what you did. We show them the invoices. They know that you took great care of your property and they're not going to be asking you for that. And they're going to feel a lot less, you're going to feel a lot less objections from buyers and they're more apt to pay at or above, above list price on stuff, which is absolutely awesome. So the next step to prepare your home for sale for the maximum dollar amount is to declutter and depersonalize, and in some cases, to stage your home, okay? So if it's a basic, if your home is 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 in pretty good shape and you, know, you have furniture there and your furniture is in good shape, one of our agents on, on my team or your agent, if you, you decide to use somebody else, can simply go in and can help you move furniture around to make the rooms look bigger. You want to make the rooms look bigger. And some there's some big clunky pieces of furniture that today's buyers aren't really looking for or don't want to see in a house. And I know it sounds crazy, but one of those is a china, uh, like a, a, a linen chest or a big china uh, cabinet, a big hutch, something like that takes up a lot of room. And buyers, unfortunately, a lot of them just don't see practical use for this. So you're going to want to have that removed from the room and stored. And I know some people say, Emilio, you're crazy. No, forget about what you like. You've got to set your home up for what buyers like. And it's hard for some sellers to do. We walk you through it. Okay. We supply you with movers that can take that stuff out and move it for you. But that is definitely something powerful to do is to show your home to, to how buyers need to see it, to envision themselves in it. Also, if you have personal photographs around your home, you're going to want to pull those down, especially think about this for a second. If you take a lot of vacations, 
what do you think is going through your buyer's head? As a buyer walks through, they see you in Hawaii, they see you in China, they see you at Tahiti, they see you over here, over there, Europe. They're going to say, wow, this person has money to burn. I might put a lower offer in. And it's all subconscious, okay? People think when they think that you have a lot of money, they're going to go ahead and hit you with a lower price or they're going to go ahead to try to take you for more on inspections and and, and, and really try to, to, to drive home a lower net value for you, okay? And after spending all that money on vacations, you probably need every last dollar, right? I wish I could tell you that listing and selling a home is as simple as the steps that I just told you, but there's so much more to it, okay? So if you want somebody to walk you through the process, to show you the numbers, to make sure that you are guided throughout the entire time to get the best price with the least amount of time on market, I want you to call me direct. My number is 401-217-2333, If you're not in the Rhode Island or Massachusetts area and you need a top agent to, uh, to help you with your home, I know we've got listeners all over the country, you can go ahead and call that number and we'll connect you. We'll interview the top three realtors in your area and connect you with that person. That also goes for anybody relocating as well. If you're relocating to the Carolinas, Florida, Arizona, wherever it is, we have agents in those areas and we can assist you to make sure that you have a flawless transaction. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Emilio Despirito. This is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show and Podcast. We're going to be right back. We've got Teresa Souza. She's here with us today. She's a business attorney, and she's got a lot of great information to share. I can't wait to have her on. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on News Radio 920-1047 FM. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We're happy to be here with you today. We've got in the studio with us a special guest. It's uh, Teresa Souza. Teresa is an attorney, and she is with Bianchi, Brilliard, Sousa, and O'Connell, and uh, right out of Providence, Rhode Island. Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. You're welcome. We're excited to have you on. Uh, We work with a lot of different uh, real estate professionals, real estate investors, um, you know, people starting investing and people always have the same questions. And it's basically, what are the benefits of having an investment property in an LLC? Yes. So the main benefit is you get liability protection. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean? When you have an investment property in your individual name and something happens with that investment property, now a potential creditor can go after not just your property, they can go after your home, after your personal bank accounts. It's no good. After everything. Yeah. It's no good. And there's there's definitely some risk with investment properties. So we sort of want to separate that out mm-hmm. and put it in that LLC. Sure. And so when you put it in the LLC, it separates that property and it protects all of your personal assets so that if something does go wrong, they can't go after your personal assets. Have you seen a situation where something has gone terribly wrong, where somebody hasn't had an LLC, and then they they run in and they they come in and see you and they say, hey, this is what's going on. First off, they're SOL. 
They are. Right? It's too late. Once yeah. something happens, it's too late. So I actually had a situation, a really sad situation. It was a college rental and um, the kids were, you know, like college kids do, having some friends over mm -hmm. and hanging out. And they were on this porch, this outside porch, and the porch collapsed. Oof. And one of the kids um, ended up paralyzed, actually. Ah, oh, sin. What a sin. And, but at that point, it's too late. Yeah. So if, if that's something that had been done beforehand, when that happened, then that per the owner's personal assets would have protected, but we can't do it after the fact. So basically that kid who fell and got hurt, him and his family, like they could have sued the owner of that property, not only for everything that that property could cover, but so much more. And there's really, there's the, you know, would insurance come into play at that point or would, what, yes. how would that, yeah? In that case, insurance did come into play, but there wasn't enough insurance. Got because you. you have a million dollars in insurance, right? That sounds like a lot. Yeah. When you have an 18-year-old kid that's in the hospital for months, Ugh. then in rehab, and he's he will, will never be able to walk again, that's going to exceed that insurance. Yeah. So in this case, they did go after the home. The insurance paid out, but then beyond what insurance covered, they went after the home, mm. personal home, and other stuff. So not a great situation for anyone. So let me ask you this, Teresa. If somebody has, let's just say, like three properties in an LLC, okay, or if they have 10 properties in an LLC, whoever is, I would say, suing that person with the LLC, they can attack only what's in that portfolio, what's in that LLC, correct? That's right. So would it be better to have a limited amount of properties per LLC, or does that really matter? It does matter. Okay. It What we look at is we look at how much equity you have in those properties. Mm -hmm. So if you have three properties and right now there's no equity in those properties, well, right now let's just put them in the same LLC. Mm -hmm. But as you start developing equity in those properties, maybe we pull one out because you have $150,000 of equity and we want to protect that. Yep. It's really a case-by-case -case basis, but I don't suggest putting all in one LLC and just leaving it there because now you're opening up. If something happens at one property, now those other properties are got you, are got you, lot, are, are at risk. So, how much does it cost in Rhode Island specifically to open up an LLC? It's a good question. Thank you. The filing fee with the state is $150, mm -hmm. um, inexpensive, mm -hmm. and then on an annual basis after that, you have to pay a $50 filing fee to the state and a $400 franchise tax. So it's really inexpensive. Wow. Um, I charge a flat fee of $1,000 to set up the LLC. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really inexpensive when you look at the protection it offers you. Sure. And then going forward after the first year, you're talking about hundreds of dollars to maintain that LLC, mm -hmm. not thousands of dollars, mm -hmm. it's hundreds of dollars. Got you. So the way I look at things is, you know, what are the wealthiest people I know doing? They're they're protecting themselves. They're putting things through an LLC. And then also, you know, there, there's different benefits to putting your properties in, uh, in, in through a corporation. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So so and, mm -hmm. and that's a whole nother animal, a whole different subject. We probably should have a CPA, a certified public accountant in here right. to get into those details. But what Teresa is concerned with is making sure that you are protecting your assets, making sure that you're covered and that people can't come after you for for things that you really shouldn't be liable with if it's an investment property. That's right.
That's right. Fantastic. If you have any questions, you can contact us on our off-air number. We'll connect you with Teresa Souza. It's 401-217-2333. Do you also handle Massachusetts? I do. You do? I do. I'm licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Oh, that's fantastic. So yes. it really helps to have a local uh, business uh, attorney here. And, uh, you know, what other areas of business could do you focus on where you could help people out? In addition to working with real estate investors, I also work with all types of small and medium-sized businesses mm-hmm. here in Rhode Island and Mass. So I do everything from manufacturers, bars, hotels, wow. pet stores, you name it, and and I work with those folks. So anything that comes up in the day-to-day operation of mm-hmm. the, the business, I can help them with that. You know, there's one thing for common in common with all of our clients who are investors, Teresa, and you know what it is? They all... Well, do you know what it is? I don't. <laughs> they they all have separate professions aside from the real estate investments. So right. the real estate investments is is literally something that they're working towards and they they pour and invest their money into real estate, which right. is one of the best, if not the best investments you could you could get into. Right. And 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 that's what they have in common. So they're all either running other businesses or they're working a nine to five to support this, to get out of that, to get into real estate. So you want to make sure you are set up correctly. You can go ahead and reach out to Teresa Souza. Uh, definitely leave a message for us. Ask us to connect you. She's with Bianca Brouillard. Susa and O'Connell Law Firm, Counselors at Law here in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Teresa, thanks for joining us on the Desperado Team Real Estate Show. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I want you guys to stay tuned. We've got some more great content coming up uh, right here on the Desperado Team Real Estate Show. News Radio 920, 104.7 FM and streaming on iHeartRadio WHJJ. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. I'm excited to have you here with us uh, every single week. And uh, I'm more excited right now to have, well, I hate to say that because I'm not more excited, but I'm equally as excited <laughs> to have Ted Tapuzis. In the studio Thanks with us today. You're welcome, Ted. Great Ted, seeing you. Ted, great seeing you too, bud. Ted runs Tapuzis and Associates. He's got an office here in Warwick, an office in Florida, mm-hmm. and is also licensed in Massachusetts. So licensed in three states, has offices in two states. That's right. This gentleman knows his stuff. He strictly focuses on real estate. That's all I do. And and when you're a wealth of knowledge one trick with this pony. topic. Yeah. One trick one 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 trick pony. <laughs> that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey man, I call it a niche. You know, you've got yeah. this niche covered. And that's one of the most important things when when we're working with clients, when they're looking to buy or sell and invest, especially millennials, right? Yep. They have so many questions and we want to make sure that somebody is able to handle that the questions for them and answer them and, and make sure that they know what they're doing. And that's right. That's, that's right. Real estate's important. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. Um, In months past, maybe even longer, uh, um, we had a discussion on on your show about millennials and and how uh, they were hesitant in entering into the market. I think because um, of the the, um, 2008 rather um, implosion in the housing market, they were, you know, concerned and maybe uh, lack of security, Mm -hmm. um, you know, jobs, market, who knows. They saw what their parents went through, and yeah. they, were, they were hesitant. So uh, they they sat by the sidelines and just uh, waited it out. And I and um, 
I uh, I understand and I've seen you know from practical from my own experience that uh, that millennials have definitely entered the market and yeah. uh, and become more of a force in uh, purchasing you know real estate, I which agree. is great. I, I this this season even even towards the end of last year I've noticed uh, uh, definitely an uptick. So millennials of of so of the home buying age that's that's where most millennials are buying around 33 32 years old are making about $88,000 per year on average. Millennials, right? These mm-hmm. were these were, you know, so they finally found like their careers, they finally got going and, and, and whatnot, not as a millennial savings, I, I right. can understand this, right? So we just needed time to, to do this, right? And uh, millennials own the lion's share of the market right now. We are the largest population of buyers in the housing market. Mm-hmm. 36% of all buyers are millennials. That's great. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a force. So, so, and I, you know, the, uh, their parents are making decisions as well, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, refining or maybe downsizing, relocating. And I'm sure that that is a factor that comes into play in the millennials decision to enter the market. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so it's the, the timing is good time. You know, that's a solid point. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, we're seeing a lot of multi-generational homes, but these multi-generational homes no longer have, uh, the millennials in there, the millennials are kind of breaking away, doing their independent thing. But what we're yeah. seeing is Gen X taking in some baby boomers, some of the older baby boomers, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, look, the baby boomers are healthy. They're doing stuff. They, they, but they, they want to not have to worry about that big home. They've got all the equity. So they're selling their home. And if they're not relocating in some cases, they're yeah. staying here and moving in with the in-laws, Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe downsizing, um, figuring out what they, what their next chapter is. I love working with yeah. baby boomers. I really do. You mm-hmm. know, and, and I know we're talking about millennials right now, but mm-hmm. baby boomers, like, um, you know, they know exactly what they want. They're very polite. They're very, you know, like, Hey, here's, here's the deal. This Experienced. And that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. let me talk about millennials for a second. What I love about millennials is millennials are, they're, they're very, they're actually more structured than people give them credit for. We're they're, more structured. We're, They've they've done their research. They've done their a research. Of, yeah, almost everybody that you've done a closing for um, will uh, will come in, you know, with sp- specific questions. Um, they know their rates. They know their um, they they know a lot about the process. Yeah. Um, and uh, they they get all their information um, online these days, which uh, which is not what generations in the past obviously. Yeah. You know, internet hasn't been around that long, but. Um, but that's how they, uh, they, they're educated. So the, the millennials from my experience are, are probably one of the most educated type of buyers that we work with, but mm-hmm. sometimes to a fault, sometimes there, there, it doesn't mean just because you're, you're reading stuff online or seeing it doesn't mean it's, it's accurate. Point. Yeah. So there's a point in time where you need to lean on professionals and where you need to just say, Hey, you know what? I hired a professional. I'm going to go ahead and take their advice versus doing it you know, what on, their you, own. Yeah, on your yeah. own or what yeah. you saw online. And that's yeah. one area where I feel like millennials will fall short. And what we go through with millennial home buyers um, is sometimes they'll have to lose a deal or two before they, they end listen up, to you before listen they to end the up list, listening to the professional. And it, yeah, mm-hmm. not, not only me, I mean, a lot of agents out there, but um, you know, and you can't blame them. It's like when you're a kid and like when you're a little, a little kid and someone says, don't touch the stove, it's hot. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to go touch the stove because you've never touched a hot stove. You want to experience it. It's human nature. Yeah. I don't care if it's baby boomers, millennials, Gen X. We all went through that same yeah. thing, right? So yeah, now you learn from experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, I guess the biggest piece of advice that I could give millennials out there would be trust in your advisors because you know what? You, millennials, you did the work. You looked up the reviews on Google. Facebook, you know, whatever page you're looking for, Zillow, whatever page you're looking on, you're seeing how effective and efficient Mm -hmm. that agent is before moving forward with them. You know, entering in the market is the biggest step. Take that step, yeah, and then rely on the the professionals around you. You you can. It's great that you've done the edu. You have the education, um, the 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 knowledge that you've gotten from uh, your the research you've you've done, but. uh, you rely on your professionals that you have, and, totally. and they know the market. They know uh, the pitfalls. They know, um, you know, the uh, the right people. They have the right teams together, mm-hmm. and they can help you. Let me ask you a question. So, for a lot of a lot of millennials, right? They're not married yet. Okay, maybe they're in a relationship and they're not even engaged. When they're when they're going to the closing, they're getting hit with a question. How do you want to take tenancy? Yep. So let's just say so if, if you got partners going in or you have a boyfriend, girlfriend or a fiance and, and you know, fiance is going in or whatever and they're not married yet. Mm-hmm. What first off? How do I approach that? How do you approach that? Yeah. Um, well, I, I would ask them, you know, explain the, the different options. There's the tenancy in common. We've had a segment on that before yep. um, where, you know, you're uh, you're you're in you have an an interest that can vary in percentages, um, and uh, but the uh, there's no survivorship um, provision in that uh, tenancy in common, um, or there's the joint tenancy with rights of survivorship where you can't um, you know separate out a different percentage to each party. Yep. Um, they uh, but the the other side of that is that um, the uh, survivor, assuming something happens to one of the parties, um, gets automatic interest in that. Uh, in that uh, that that property, that vesting, yep. so um, it depends on on uh, their investment. Um, you know how much money each party came to the table with, yep. um, and whether or not they have heirs of their own. You know, maybe maybe they're, you know, they've gotten together recently. Maybe they're, um, you know, they're millennials that don't have any history, and they they don't mind leaving it to their survivor. It just depends on the circumstances. Yeah. So for any millennials listening, I think that the the most one of the most important questions you could ask is how am I going to take tenancy? Don't wait for the closing because when you go to the closing, you're going to be looking at the attorney like, what does this mean? And and you know and why and, do I have to do this? Answer this question now, right here, right yeah, now. Because it's a spot. big, big it's question, a big question to answer. Yeah. So you want to talk with your attorney first off, and 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 find that out. So if you have questions about this, if you're Listening on Facebook, you can easily click Ted's name or click his law firm, send them a message, and they can walk you through the process. Um, and the cool thing about these uh, about your office is you're not charging people until no. the transaction closes. No, there's no nickel and diming, no hourly no. charges. No, you no. know, no 35 cents per sheet of paper you copy off no. and stuff. So, um, no. so it makes you guys a really fantastic resource. And of course, our listeners Thank on you. air can call our. You're welcome. Thank you. Can call our off air number 401-217-2333. We'll go ahead and connect you with Ted Tapuzis of Tapuzis and Associates. Ted, awesome show, man. Thanks for being here with Thanks, us. Amelia. You're welcome. Always nice a job. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with plenty more on the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. Talk to me so you can see.
And on the line with us, we've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. And Jen's here to tell us about the top five events here in the Ocean State, lovely Rhode Island. Thank you so much, Jen. What do we got going on? Thanks for having me. We have um, Always a summer stuff heating up. We have Tuesday, June 18th, starts this summer concert series at North Kingstown Town Beach. Um, it's every Tuesday night at 630, and they're free, but donations are accepted. Um, you're going to want to bring a chair or seating, pack a picnic, um, and you can enjoy a night of outdoor music. The rain location is the North Kingstown High School. And uh, this week is the Rhode Island Rednecks, uh, followed by Brass Attack the next week and the Narrow River Band after that. But you can get the full schedule on riblogger.com. That's just the next three coming up. Awesome. Thursday, June 20th, and Friday, June 21st, is the Crave Rhode Island Food Event at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. It's presented by CVS Health Charity Classic. It's 5.30 to 10, and it welcomes attendees of all ages and will feature delicious bites from over 100 local restaurants. There'll be beer, wine, and um, non-alcoholic beverages from more than 150 vendors. There'll also be live demos from local chefs. So it's a great cause and certainly will be delicious. Thursday, June 20th, is Kids Night Out from 6 to 8 at the Impossible Dream Playground at 575 Centerville Road in Warwick. So you can celebrate the start of summer with a family night out of games, prizes, food trucks, um, raffles, and, of course, playing. And that's $5 admission for children. But Jen, by the way, I just took my son to that playground. I never even knew it was there. It was unbelievable. Like, it was a magical place. And, like, right out of the cut, like... Like, it's just, like, off, like, the beating path, like, out, like, towards uh, the high school, towards Tollgate High School in Warwick. And our kid had such a great time there. It was wonderful. I never even knew that playground was there. I know. It's right. When you when you have kids, you find out all these, like, wonderful little places. But it is an amazing <laughs> playground. So it's a great, you know, little summer kickoff. Yeah. Uh, Thursdays at 6 p.m. at Crescent Park, Loose Carousel will be uh, the home to the concerts in the park. Again, they're at 6 p.m. on Thursdays, and just like the other outdoor concerts, you're going to want to bring seating, and I say you should bring a picnic as well. Mm -hmm. Um, June 20th is Seth Burkhart for June 27th is the Becky Chase Band, and July 11th is David Tessier's All-Stars. And again, we have the full list listed. Uh, Those are just the next few, and there is not a concert on July 4th. And last but not least, Wednesday, June 26th is the Crawfish Boyle with the Boyle Brothers at Foolproof Brewing from 6 to 9. Uh, tickets are $30, and this is a good old New Orleans-style fashioned crawfish boil. Um, tickets include all-you-can-eat crawfish with all the fixings, so there's, you know, like potatoes, corn, and all that jazz, um, and one beer, and there is a cash bar for, you know, to purchase more, and it's a 21-plus event. Awesome. And that is the top five ways to uh, celebrate the start of summer. Nice, Jen. I feel like those went by quick today. So you can check them all out at riblogger.com. Make sure to hit that website. You know, if you're out and about and or you're bored sitting at home, there is so much going on. You got to check that website out. Find out the best places to dine, the best places to visit, all the wonderful things do you may not have even known exist here in Rhode Island. And a lot of these events are free. So riblogger.com, highly recommend Jen, thank you so much for being here with us. We'll talk with you next week. Thank you. Have a great week. You're welcome. Thank you. You too. What a great show today. I'd love to thank our guests that came in. Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates, fantastic real estate attorney. I'd like to thank him. I'd like to thank Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. Would also like to thank Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage. He couldn't be with 
us today here, uh, but keeping him and his family in our prayers. And Teresa Souza, she is a business attorney here in Rhode Island and also covers Massachusetts as well. I'd like to thank her and most importantly, you, our listeners, for being here with us. If this is your first time as well, make sure to catch us next week and you can check out some content on dispiritoteam.com or call our off air number 401 217 401-217-233. I'm Emilio Despirito. I'm signing out. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is a I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. Thanks for being here with us today. We've got in the studio with us, we have Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates, and he is a real estate attorney. Yes. And thanks, uh, thanks for being thanks, here, Emilio. Ted. Appreciate you. it. You're welcome. So we always see people at the closing table with puzzled looks on their faces about a lot of stuff. Mm. And one of the things that I believe in is educating our listeners, educating our clients, educating other real estate professionals, and making sure that the real estate process flows as smooth as possible. Right. Because when that happens, everybody wins, okay? And you never, ever want the consumer to get to the closing and be puzzled, your buyer, your seller, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I felt, you know, it's appropriate. Let's talk about yeah, some of the definitely. things, the questions you should ask as a consumer before you get to the closing the table. table and ask this to your attorney, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So can I ask you a couple of questions? Sure you can. Did you want to say something? Did I, did well, I, I was you? just going to say, uh, you know, how many times have I done a closing where, you know, people show up at a, at the table and, you know, know what their cash to close is, yeah. you know, and that's about it. So, ca so cash to close, yeah. let's talk about let's that. Talk let's about explain that. that. So what do you mean okay. by what is the cash to close? What yeah. does that mean? What's in the cash to close? So the cash to close is the the end sum of all the closing costs. You know, you, I mean, you're taking the purchase price uh, into consideration. Okay. Uh, the deposit that you've put down. Um, you know, earnest money deposit uh, when you sign the contract. Uh, your mortgage amount, if you're going to have a mortgage or not, um, and all the closing costs in between. Um, the lender's closing costs, the recording, the title, um, everything. And uh, when everything is said and done, uh, credits uh, as well. You know, of course, there's there's credits for you know oil to the oh wait oil, that would, yep. would that that's, be it? yeah yeah for the sure seller. well that's gonna add, you know add something uh, you know give a give a credit to the seller but a debit to the buyer mm -hmm. but you know after all the that's said and done the bottom line figure is what is called the cash to close mm -hmm. and uh, you know depending on on the the, the loan um, you know setup that you have if it's an you know a uh, 100% financing, or if it's an, you know a conventional loan, you know there there are variations in how much money uh, you're going to bring to the table, and um, and that's that typically uh, needs to be given in the form of a uh, cashier's check or a mm -hmm. money order. That's an important thing to 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 bring up uh, because you don't want to come in with a personal check or cash, um, and no. that happens once in a while where people will say, okay, um, you know who do I write that check out to? Well, you know. You, you don't want to pull out your, your personal check at, at the table because no. we need to have cleared funds. We need to have funds that we can rely on. And not to say that you you don't have those funds in your account, but, you know, we have to disperse to a seller um, you know, immediately after the closing. Sure. Um, and uh, and that's, uh, that's something that we would have to rely on, you know, funds that are, you know, certified. 
The other thing that I, I mean, I, I want to also point out, Please. you know, taking it uh, to another um, uh, topic is, uh, you know, in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, and I'm going to combine the discussion uh, together. We, it, these are dry closing states. And, uh, and that's important because um, lots of times the seller expects to get dry. a check at the... Uh, have you you've heard that before? That means no liquor. Usually. Yeah, no liquor. Like a dry county in like <laughs> Kentucky. Right. I'm thinking like That's no right. liquor, but or from like the 1920s. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's called a dry closing state because you don't pass a check over to the uh, the, the seller at the table. Sure. And and and, uh, and that's important to point out because uh, you know if you know the the uh, the, the seller is not properly guided mm. through the closing process uh, they uh, they might think well I'm signing a deed you know shouldn't I get a check immediately as well and um, and we can't give a check immediately mm-hmm. because the uh, and it gets a little technical but um, but essentially we've got to update the title from the the time that we initially did the title search yep. um, which is pr- sometime prior to the closing um, through to the uh, the uh, the actual closing date, the you, moment that we record. You literally have to send somebody to the Registry of Deeds in, in Mass or to the Town Hall over here in Rhode Island. That's right. And they have to record that deed in the municipality. What happens, Ted, if we close after, let's say, 10 a.m. on or 11 a.m. on a... Friday, Friday and the town hall closes at noon in some yeah. places. Oh, it happens what, a lot. What happens when do these when do the sellers get their money? Well, you know, it's uh, what what um, sometimes as an accommodation, you know, we might give the check to their agent, the listing agent, and say, yep. "Here's the check." Um, you know, we we have to go we have to go on record, but you know, because of timing, if we can't get on record, then we have to you know make an like I said like an accommodation. Yeah, and that would be typically where we give the check. And show good faith in in in, sure. in trying to accommodate the seller, uh, but by the same token, we can't go on record um, and record those documents because the municipality has either limited hours on a Friday, yep. um, or they're closed altogether on a Friday. Some municipalities here in Rhode Island are actually closed on a on a Friday. So the seller might not be getting paid until they Monday. Might not get paid until Monday. So you're going that whole weekend potentially without that fat check. So make sure you close on an early Friday morning. That's right. If you are a seller, okay? or another day, and you need that money, especially if you're selling and buying, and if you need the money that day, try to close on a Thursday or something. That's right. That's that's. Really, really, really powerful uh, thing to remember. Let me ask you something else from a liability standpoint. Let's just say somebody closes Mm -hmm. on a Friday. It doesn't get recorded in town uh, or the city until Monday. Monday. Is there a liability there for that seller? And if so, what can they do to limit their liability? Well, I, I always and that, that that issue comes up all the time. That's that's At why the you brought that up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I always tell um, both parties: uh, the buyer has their insurance in place, the seller has their insurance. I tell yep. um, you know until we record. I mean, even though the deed has been executed, and you know the execution of the deed is kind of the uh, you know the moment in time where um, the title transfers mm-hmm. um, to the uh, to the buyer, but we got to record. That's that the whole process is about recording and, and the recording of the deed and the mortgage and everything else puts everybody on notice, not mm. just the two the, the two parties at the table, but everybody on notice. So um, so it kind of all works together. Yep. Um, but um, I always let the seller know for liability reasons, don't cancel your insurance policy until we've Smart. told you, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we always let the agents know 
after the, the documents are recorded that we are on record. And once we're on record, you can go ahead and cancel your insurance or let your, uh, your mortgage company know that, uh, that um, you know, the, the property's been sold. Don't disperse from an escrow um, account uh, for taxes and insurance, that kind of thing. But don't cancel that policy before you come to the table. Yeah, no, it's really sense. important advice. Um, you know, and also the buyers insured as well at the time of the coming to the closing because the uh, the mortgage company is not going to uh, commit to, to mm. you know release the loan documents and 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 wire the the, the the loan proceeds to the the closing attorney without insurance being bound. Better to be overinsured than underinsured right. in, in, in situations like that. Because if there's an issue that comes up, um, you know, something got recorded that we that no body was aware of, we're not going to be able to record. Yeah. And if we can't record, um, then we're going to have to uh, potentially reclose. And so that means either hold the deed in escrow or, or rip it up and, uh, and, and start again. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that comes into play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the best advice is not to be too uh, uh, aggressive on, on, and, rele- and canceling that policy because no. what are you saving? You're saving a couple bucks let um, it, on the, the per diem. Let you're it better go off just over. letting it go a few more days and yeah. then you're, you're safe. Yeah, I would agree with that totally. There's one other thing that I see happening. And unfortunately, if this gets to the closing table, it can turn into a fist fight almost really. Like, so you got to think, right? When you're selling your home, and this has happened on occasions, when you're selling your home, you have to be fully moved out for that final walkthrough if you're a seller. Okay. So we've mm-hmm. gone into homes before with buyers, not our sellers, but with buyers. And the sellers were still frantically like moving Please. stuff out. And the whole house wasn't even really started. There was no dent in it. Literally, there was agents, there was movers, there's people running around like crazy. And the sellers said this, and again, they weren't our clients. They said, they said, we didn't know we had to be out by the closing. What you're, uh, you're, if yeah. you're selling a home and a buyer's moving in, let me tell you something. That that closing A didn't take place. The buyers were flipping out because they had a moving truck waiting at the property. They're paying for all of this. Time is sure. money. Total mess, you know. And uh, and our producer saying we got to cut, but. You got to be careful, guys. Make sure you are out by the time the final walkthrough oh, yeah. happens. Broom swept condition. That's what the contract says. Absolutely. Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. Thank you so much for Thanks, being here you. with us. You're welcome. Any questions, call our offer your number 401 217 2333 or hit us up on Facebook. Thanks so much for staying tuned.